you're taking notes or you need a want a sermon title, uh, the title of the sermon tonight is Rooted in Christ. Rooted in Christ. Let's go ahead and read, starting chapter number one. Uh, if you want to stand with me, you can. If you if not, don't feel obligated to. But as we just as we read the scripture tonight, Romans, uh, Colossians chapter two, starting in verse number one. For I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And, that, and this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words, for thou... Uh, for though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. In verse 8, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for uh, this evening, and I do thank you for just the faithfulness here tonight. Uh, there's many churches that aren't even meeting tonight and uh, closed doors, and I pray that you just help us to continue to remain faithful as the time is approaching ever near for your return, Lord. I pray that you just help us as, uh, as a preacher word tonight, that you would just speak through me, Lord, have me to say what you would have and, and nothing else. And I just thank you for all that you do for us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. This is a, a quote. I actually don't know who, who it's from. Maybe if you know, you can tell me later. But, and I don't know why it is, but it seems that lies or heresies fly on the wings of eagles and the truth goes on the backs of turtles. And I feel like so often this is our day and age right now with, me, with how, especially with uh, the news and social media and the Internet at our fingertips, uh, Facebook, you know, you can open up your phone and if someone asks you a question like, well, I don't know, you can pull your phone up and have an answer and sound pretty intelligent in a matter of seconds. Um, but it's so quick to get uh, lies to, to come forward and uh, just as intro we have a lot of competing voices with that social media with the news with everything going on and there's voices that we have going on in our own lives that so often I speak for myself you know I have the the, the voice where we can talk about maybe a different hat of I'm a father I'm a husband I'm a Christian, I'm an employee, I have a, a boss, and there's these different hats we put on, and uh, stuff happens, and we're like, well, I, I don't know about this, or someone tells us some, some way that we should think about something, and all these voices in our head competing for attention, when really the one person that we're supposed to be listening to, oftentimes we don't, and that's Jesus Christ. Uh, the question I have for you is, how do we know what voice we're supposed to be listening to? Or how do we decide what voice we're going to follow or listen, in, uh, listen to this evening? If we're not careful, it is very easy for us to let these wrong information, heresies, um, false prophets, teachers enter our lives and, and take a stronghold, take a, up a position and uh, 
and then we're believing different things, believing Calvinism, believing uh, whatever it is you want to put in that blank there, uh, and not believing what the Word of God tells us. And so uh, tonight we're going to look here. This is Paul is writing to uh, the church of Colossae here, and he's actually talking about uh, warning them here in chapter 2 about some of these things that we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, a little bit of background, if we go back and read chapter 1, we'll start, uh, just for time's sake, we'll start in verse 3. We give thanks to God uh, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. Verse 7, as ye also heard of, uh, I'm going to slaughter this, but Ephirius, or Ephirus, Ephirus, I believe, O dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto uh, us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also... Since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will, uh, of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And so, just looking back, we see here verse 2. If we read that, we can get, now go to verse 2 and kind of get an understanding why he says, For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea. You see, Paul has never met the church of Colossae or the Laodiceans. He hasn't gone that way. He actually tried to, and the Lord, Lord bade him not to go. And so he talks here about the struggle that he has within himself because I believe Paul physically wants to go there and try to help instruct the church, uh, not only the Laodiceans, but the church of Colossae there. And he wants to try to help them in the, the, the struggles that he's talking about here and, and meet these fellow Christians. And it says there in, that we just read uh, in verse 4, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. So he's heard of their, their faith there at the, uh, this church in uh, the uh, Colossians, and he's heard of what they're doing and how the Lord's working. And so, you know, he obviously hasn't made that appearance himself. And if we skip down to verse C7, it says, As, um, as you also learned of Ephirus, or our dear fellow servant, so this uh, fellow Christian faithful minister, it says, Here, here is for you a faithful minister of Christ who has also declared unto us your love in the spirit so he this uh, pastor minister wherever you want to call him he's gone down to these people and tried to help minister them and then either come back and report it or written a letter to paul and so you know paul's like i can't physically come there i can't physically come and kind of help hold your hand through what's going on here so he he writ, uh, wrote this letter to them and we're going to look at kind of the advice paul is is writing to the church here his biggest desire for them is to be filled with the knowledge of God. And we see that there in verse 9 in chapter 1. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do cease, uh, do not cease to pray for you and, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So he wants this for him. He's praying that it will happen. And he said, you know, the best I can do right now, I can't go there. The Lord's already instructed me not to go that way. I have this other work. Well, I'll send this letter and, and hope that it will do the job. Uh, one thing that's kind of not mentioned here, also a little bit of background, is what the church there is kind of struggling with 
is that the Gnostics in the area are trying to sway them on what they believe with the deity of Christ. And so he, we kind of talks about here, we'll see later, about uh, bewaring of, of uh, false speakers and philosophy. And the, we'll see that in verse number 8 in chapter 2. So now we can jump back over. We kind of got a little background information. Jump back over to chapter 2. And we see again, for I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you. So we see that Paul wanted to go to them, help instruct and lead them through all these noises like we talked about earlier. These different, they're young Christians. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I know myself, you know, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a young Christian anymore. Uh, but I know I still have some of those same struggles. Sometimes if you're not in the word, you're not uh, reading, even if you are reading, it's easy for maybe someone that you can look up to that would you would say is a seasoned pastor uh you know won't say any names but they'll put they put stuff out that ends up not being true and we're like well i could trust him he's been a pastor 30 40 years and what he has to say has got to be truth right and we read and just accept it as truth uh and so we we got to be careful of that uh paul knows that uh again that this was not god's will for him to go physically to him and so we see here that if we read verses, uh, let's see here, verse 2, that their hearts, oh, we'll start, right, we'll read the second half of verse 1 in chapter 2. And for them that are at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all uh, riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So he's saying, even though I'm not there physically, uh, if I, which I want to be, if I was there, you know, we would have our hearts knitted together. We would come together uh, onto the an acknowledgement of this mystery of God. And he's like, I would instruct you. He's like, but I'm, but I'm not. And so we look here, verse four, and it says, "And this I say, uh, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words." For though I am absent, I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit. And so the first thing Paul is kind of telling him here, number one, is he's absent in the flesh, but present in his spirit. In verse 5, we see that, for though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Uh, so joying and praising in the success that he has heard of their order there and uh, the word order, if we were to look it up here, it is, is a picture of that of a line of soldiers. And uh, back then, you know, armies, how they would line up when they would fight, you know, they'd make these long, you know, garrisons of troops and straight lines with their shields. And, um, and so this picture here of this order is this group of here in Colossae is they're, they're standing strong. He's like, I've heard of how you're standing there strong, like a line of soldiers against uh, the things that are coming against you. And he, and he said, I'm rejoicing with you and that you've not just crumpled under all these noises that are coming to you. Uh, maybe they're, you're questioning, but you're standing strong. You're having this order. Um, and he said, in the steadfastness of your faith in Christ, he, he said, uh, you're disciplined. You know, you're young Christians. You know, I can't come there, but you have a, your order, you're a strong soldier, you're disciplined and you have a steadfastness and that steadfastness simply is just talking about how they have a firm solid foundation in Jesus Christ 
which all of us as believers in God have that same foundation. We all have that same uh, starting foundation thanks to the work of our Lord and Savior dying on the cross for our sins. He's telling them, I'm there for you, not physically, but spiritually. He said, I'm praying for you. And, and that's really, I would say, is for us, is an uh, important thing that we just did tonight for our mission, the missionaries. We, we read and we talked. We, they uh, read about what their need is and how they're working there in, in Korea and uh, the prayer requests that we got, and we prayed for them. And we are not physically there right now alongside them in the battlefield, but we have the report that they're standing there strong, firm, orderly. They have a discipline, and, but we're praying for them, and, and we're rejoicing that that, the soul was, uh, that lost soul was saved. Um, you know, That's always an encouragement. You hear, and it makes it worth it. And so that's his first thing that he's telling to these uh, Colossians is, I'm not there, but I am there, and that's uh, should, what we should be doing. Number two, he says, continue walking. Continue walking. Paul says that the same way that you got saved and that you found Jesus Christ, that you should continue to walk in him. We see there in verse, uh, bottom of verse 5, and it says, In the steadfastness of your faith in Christ, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. I would say, question-wise, how do you learn to walk? How do you learn to walk? And so... I have a one-year-old back there, and he has just kind of started teetling around. If you go, he'll come in here later. He doesn't have his sea legs yet, but he can walk, and he'll just. But you have to. It's it's uh, every it's an everyday thing. He he still even now is very early on. Uh, he kind of is in that stage where sometimes he'll say, "Well, it's a lot faster for me to just crawl." I can get to where I want over there way quicker if I crawl than if I get up and walk because he's not steady in his walking yet. And so point A here I have is it is an everyday thing. You have to decide every day that you're going to get up and walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, you can't just say, well, I'm going to take today off. Uh, I'm going to take, I, I, just, I don't feel like getting up and walk today. I'm just, I'll just crawl. Just gonna crawl, or I'm not even gonna crawl. I'm just gonna lay in my bed today and, and not even get up. Well, it's something we have to practice every single day, um, and it will slowly get easier. But it, it's as the analogy kind of stops there with a baby. As they get bigger, they they just okay. I'm gonna walk every day now, and that's how we we are, we all walk now. But that's not so in our Christian life. If, if we're not practicing, it's very easy for us to almost forget how to walk sometimes. We almost have to start over. We, uh, it's, uh, I would maybe even use the analogy of like a bike. You, you, you fall off, you might have to put the training wheels back on. You know, I, I remember how to do it. I, you know, I was doing this so faithfully. And you kind of kind of get back into it. So it's every day. You've got to practice every day. <laughs> Point B. You need to have safeguards to help you to learn how to walk. And so a lot of times, again, using my child as the analogy, when, you teach, when we teach, we're trying to help teach him how to walk, my wife would be sitting over there, I would be here, and you're kind of just holding your hands out here, giving them that security while they're walking. Or um, we, maybe you've seen videos where people get in a bad wreck and, and they have to try to relearn to walk and they have like these bars that they hold themselves up on trying to help support themselves as they're uh, learning to walk those safeguards. Set up safeguards in your life. And 
for us as Christians, those safeguards can be a mentor, a pastor, someone that you, you look up to and say, man, that, that person is a godly person. They, they have a, a hold on God. Uh, well, see, talk to them. Tell them, don't be afraid to reach out and be like, I, I, need, I want what you have. I want to get to that same level with my relationship with Christ. Reach out to them and say, you know, can you help be a, a, a mentor? Can you help keep me accountable? Accountability partner is a way, great way to start helping with those everyday practices. Uh, don't be afraid to set high standards. I think so often, especially in America, we see how the standard has fallen. Um, and I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, getting into legalistic things, but at the, at the and I think actually when I was here last time, your pastor talked about how he didn't like that word. So he's probably wa- going to watch this later and be like, oh, I don't like that word. But, but, uh, but don't be afraid to ha- set high standards for yourself, especially uh, as you're getting started, because those help safeguard yourself as you're trying to, to reach that goal of, of walking daily with God. And I would say put, set attainable goals. Uh, you can't just start out running. Don't say, I'm going to read. You know, if, it's, you're, if you're saying, I, I'm, I struggle with reading my Bible daily. I, I struggle with, with praying daily. I struggle with this or that. Don't start and say, well, bless God, I'm going to read two hours every day. I, rain or shine, you're, you're going to fail. Don't set that goal. Start, start low. Start five minutes. Five, and you say five minutes doesn't sound, you could probably read a, a chapter in about five minutes. If you start with a chapter, start with a couple verses, you know. Don't set such a big goal for yourself that might seem unattainable. And then C, you will fall. You're gonna, oh, that's me. I think I just crunched up there. Uh, you will fall now and again. But that's part of learning how to walk. You know, as uh, we've, again, uh, Curtis, my one-year-old, even now, you'll see him, he, he'll start walking, and it's like, he gets leaning really far forward, and then all of a sudden he just plop right on his on his bottom, um, on that nice cushioned diaper that he gets, gets to wear still. But he's falling. He's still learning. He's still trying to to get a hang of it. That's the same thing for us as Christians. Don't be afraid to fail. Uh, so often we allow. Well, I know I've, I've done this time and time again. I get two, three days in, a weekend, two weeks in. And then I, I just I fail, and then I, and then you defeat yourself, and you're like I just I'm not going to do it anymore. I just I you just quit totally. That is what Satan wants you to do. Don't be afraid to fail. We're not perfect people. Uh, we're saved by the ma- miraculous grace of God, and uh, He doesn't expect us to to be perfect. He wants us to strive to be like Him, and so, um, so don't be afraid to fail. Continue practicing walking. Continue everyday walking. Point number three, root yourself in Christ Jesus. We look there in verse 7. It says, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as he had been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Paul encourages the Colossians here to not only to continue to walk, continue to walk in how they were saved, but he says, start growing. Start growing growing and building yourself up in Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't know about you, but I remember in the summer when I was a teenager, those summer projects, mom wants to change the whole flower bed out. 
and we go, that bush has been there since we moved in, let's get rid of that bush. And it's been there who knows how long before we even moved in there. And so, well, we start digging and hacking and three hours later, he seemed like he made no progress. Now, why is that? Those roots have settled in, they have grown down deep and intertwined. If you're really unlucky, they're like growing into the foundation of the house and, and they just don't wanna come out. And, and that's the same way it needs to be with us. This is how it needs to be with us, is us growing our roots deep, deep, deep into Jesus Christ. Uh, it, there's this, uh, in Africa, there was a group of well diggers, and they had gone and kind of tapped into a couple different areas, uh, trying to test the best place where they wanted to put this well that they were going to dig. And they finally found the best spot where it was re- the water was filling up quickly, and so they began to, to dig. And as they started to dig, they hit some tree roots. And they were like, well, that's weird. There's no trees around here. They looked around, and was like, where are these tree roots coming from? And so they started to trace these tree roots back, and they found a tree 230 feet away from where they were digging for their well. And just to give you some perspective, a football field is 360 feet. So this was very far, and, uh, and I like thinking about that as, as us as Christians. You know, we need to dig our roots in deep and find where that water is and, and living for Jesus Christ. Don't be a. Don't just think. Well, you know, I, we don't have necessarily have. I say this problem here, but maybe if you're a missionary in a third world country, or maybe you're in an area where there's just not a good church, you know, dig those roots out. Find where the water is. You know, bring it. Bring the nutrition so you can grow and and grow with Christ. Paul says uh, this is not some new instruction. Uh, it says there in verse number seven, as you have been taught. So, you know, I think this is, say we're preaching to the choir tonight, so to speak. The faithful few, it's a Wednesday night service. Um, but this is not some new instruction. I know I'm looking out and seeing, like, oh, I've heard this before. Great. Great. Well, Paul said the same thing in this letter. You guys have heard this before, but it's good to get it again. And he says here, as you have heard, have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And so, as you were taught in the beginning, continue that. And not only continue, but start abounding. So, point number four, abounding with thanks, thankfulness. Paul says that we should be abounding therein with thanksgiving. That word abound, if we look up what it means, it means to exist in abundance or to have an overflow of. And so, so often we as, as Christians, especially I'm speaking to myself, well, I, I've had, I have those times uh, that I was speaking personally there earlier was getting to that faithfulness reading and then something happens. We all have it happen. We, we wake up, we're sick and, you know, just we don't get the Bible reading and then or the schedule, the routine changes and uh, all of a sudden, well, I, you know, you go on a trip, whatever, you know, I bet your pastor didn't read this. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this morning, but you know, something happens, the routine changes, and, and you miss that day, and you, you know, well, you, abounding, and that overflow will help you to go back into having this walk and this deepening with the Lord. Uh, the picture here it gives is that of a flower bud. 
a flower bud as it, it blossoms into full bloom just from the, the overflow and the existence of where it's at. It's in nutritious soil. It's being watered. It has the sun. And that bud, it, it blossomed into full, into full bloom. Uh, the word I like to look there, it's, it's really, you know, it, um, in verse, let's see here, verse number 7, the bottom abounding there. And if we see that word therein, <laughs> that's an important word. It's an important word because where you choose to abound in your life is going to decide a lot of things as a Christian. Uh, because, see, you can be a Christian, born again, believer, but you're not abounding in the Word of God. You're not abounding, placing yourself in your roots therein in a place that is going to help you uh, with the Lord. And, and I think we see this. Maybe we have a family member um, that is saved, but they're in a negative place in their life. They're, um, they've got their selves planted therein in a place where uh, they're not uh, seeing the benefits of God and, and they become negative and maybe they have friends that they shouldn't be hanging out with. And, and I think we know what I'm talking about, but therein is very important because uh, if you're choosing to be therein in the wrong spot, well, it's going to affect your life. I, I think talking about this, flower earlier uh, a cool thing that you you see with those white roses have you ever seen where they have like the colored tips from where they've they put them in like blue dye or something it's like a right white rose but the with the blue tips or different colored tips I always thought that was so cool and I was like how do they do that and it's simply they just take blue dye mix it in the water, sit that rose in there, and as it's, it sucks that dye up and it just goes up into the tips of the flower. And I like to picture that as for us as Christians too. You know, where are your roots going down into? Are they going down into God's Word? Are they going down into fellowshipping with the brethren? Are they going down into singing praises and glory to God? Are they going down into uh, praying for your, your missionaries? Whatever that is, or are they going down into, you know, um, a, neg- and a show, a bad show that, you know, you really shouldn't be watching, but, that, you know, that's my show? Or uh, is it going down into those talks with buddies at work when they're really negative friends, not Christians, and they just talk about bad things? Uh, that flower that's blossomed, you're still saved. But, you know, the tips, well, something looks funny about those tips on the, that rose. It looks a little darkened. A little, maybe a little withered, you know, where it's not getting the nutrition it needs. Uh, we need to be careful about where therein we do abound. Uh, as a Christian, if we're abounding in God's Word, if we are abounding in fellowship with the believers, there is a natural thing that will be seen from that flower that's blossomed. That's thankfulness. Have you, uh, and as a Christian, I can tell you right now that I am thankful to God for what he's done in my life. And I know I don't probably do him enough justice in giving him enough praise for what he has kept me from and what he continues to bless me in. But there's a spirit of thankfulness that comes when you are abounding therein. And I was pointing to this. <laughs> therein in God's word. And uh, lastly, <laughs> point number five. Uh, we see here in verse 8 that he says, he, he gives one more warning. So he's kind of warned 
earlier on there in verse 4, uh, verse 3 and 4, and then here again in verse 8, it says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Lastly here, he says, Be careful what you let in your life. Be careful who you allow to put philosophy in your ear uh, because, again, we kind of mentioned this and already talked about this some and what we just talked about, but where you're abounding, where you're letting into you, uh, it's going to affect you. And uh, I, have a, I have a friend that we went to Bible college together. Actually, he was surrendered to preach, and before I was, Actually, I went to Bible college originally not for pastoral. You know, I went, I went because I, my parents wanted me to do a year and then just stuck it out, you know. Uh, so spiritual, I know. But I had a good friend there, and uh, he was on fire for God. We were roommates, and, you know, I always was like, he is going to do something for God. He doesn't go to church anymore. What happened? You know, I, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you what I've seen, you know, over Facebook, you know, you can see a lot in a person's life over Facebook because if they put a lot on there. But, you know, it went from, you know, you could see, I, you could, I could see the transition over the year. Once he got out of Bible college, it went from, you know, talking about things of God to, you know, he started subtle change into didn't see anything about God anymore on this page. And now he's post full-on liberal stuff where, like, you would never have believed, you know, some of the things I've, I've seen him post about. And it breaks your heart, but why did that happen? Well, it, uh, where was he abounding? It wasn't in the Word. wasn't in fellowship with the believers. I tell you right now, if you're fellowshipping with believers of like faith, I will say that. It better be like faith. Right. Uh, because if not, uh, be careful. Um, but you, you're not going to have that, that happen to you. And so uh, be careful what you listen to. Be careful for what you read uh, because they are our wolves in sheep's clothing. And uh, we need to be abounding in God's word. Find you some good Christian believers, and I think we can say we have those here tonight. Start fellowshipping with them, not just in church. Talk to them outside of church. Get to know them. Start pushing them and get them to push you to be more like Christ. Conclusion tonight. Uh, let's take a look at our lives this evening. I think, again, I can say I'm talking to the choir here, but uh, are you praying for your fellow sh soldiers? Like we heard, like Paul mentioned here at the beginning, uh, he said that uh, he kept them in his prayers. He couldn't be with them physically. We can't always be with each other physically but we can pray for each other and be there spiritually. Are you praying for your fellow soldiers? Looking at our own life, are we, are we walking? Are we trying to walk for God daily? Are we practicing daily? Are we disciplined? Uh, it's, it's very easy to get off the horse, so to speak, and then you've got to almost start all over. Are we, grow, are we growing ourselves and being rooted in Christ? Or... Are we abounding therein in things that are not Christ-like? 
we need to keep this ever. It's again, it's so easy to get to get into things that oh, this ain't bad for me. It's not that bad. Uh, well, if you justifying it to yourself, it is that bad, and we should just keep doing uh, like Paul talks about. You know, we're running a race for God. Let's keep encouraging ourselves. Let's encourage the brethren. Uh, I like that analogy we talked about with our with fellow soldiers. I don't know about you, but if I was a soldier and I looked over and saw my fellow soldier right beside me, like laying down on the job, not walking, he was trying to crawl with his sword, and I'd be like, dude, get up. Like, what? We're about to go to battle. I can't trust you. Like, give me another partner. I don't know, you know, but. Uh, be praying for them. Seek after them. You know, if you see someone that you know is normally here and you don't know why they're not here, call them. Go see them. Encourage them in the Lord. Get them back up and walking. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you for this day and I thank you for uh, the church here. And I, I pray that you just help them as they're going through this transition, as they're looking to ahead uh, for the building that's being built. It can be almost, it could come across sometimes as uh, discouraging to to be in a, a smaller meeting area and um, you know the the different things that our mind tries to play those voices Lord but I pray that you help us to abound with one another in your word Lord in the things like you help us Lord to as our uh, mentioned earlier our, our flowers bloomed and we're, we're born again as that we would be seeking Lord that all our petals would be uh, white and that those that look upon us Lord as flowered would would seek to know how they could also have a, a white bloomed flower for you Lord I pray that you just be with us as we go out tonight keep the pastor safe as he's on his trip Lord bring him back uh, and that he would have a successful trip and I pray Lord that you would just help the progress on their building Lord just to uh, take flourishing lord and that they could be at that property even here by the end of this month lord thank you for all that you do for us and we thank you lord for sending your son jesus christ down a cross for our sins in jesus holy and precious name amen well thank you so much for being here tonight i will send a excellent report to your pastor you know and let him know that everyone was here in their place um, but seriously thank you guys for being here it's encouragement to me uh, we we uh, going we've been in several churches we see many different things and it's always encouraging to come and see believers in Christ in church uh, singing the praises of God and, and worshiping the Savior hope you have a great night you're dismissed